Not even mad about it. <laughs> Thank you, Reef. Uh, this is Living in the Past for another season. Uh, this is 1997. I am Paul. He is I'm Ben. Ben. He is Ben, and he. I'm excited. Look, I was just saying to Ben before I started that uh, that I I played my wife that song and she's like I kept that in a box for like the last <laughs> twenty something years and you just unleashed it and I can't get it out of my head and she hates it. Um, That's a great song, is it? Uh- <laughs> it is. I was I was thinking coming into this um, this afternoon and last night I was like, oh, man, Jan and Feb do not look great. And I'm not that enthused. Yeah. And then you played that song again, mm-hmm. and I went, "All okay, right, y'all." All is right. that is that what you said in your mind? Yeah, a little bit. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> let's get back uh, into this." We will get into that uh, very very soon. And if you want to get in contact with us and tell us how much you like Reef, because um, I don't think Reef's got an email anymore. Um, uh, they they still, I think they're still kind of around. Do you reckon everyone's just waiting for that song still though? Yeah, I feel like they had another one. Maybe. But you know it's funny. Um I'll wait till we get to Reef. Okay. Uh so living the past pod at gmail.com uh and also uh same same name, living the past living the past pod on Instagram. Um please ask us when we were born. It's not weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is nineteen ninety seven. Um but before we get into the into the meeting. I hope you that, haven't scared that guy away because I was I was really keen to <laughs> Interviewed. Listen to our last uh, season and you'll hear the, the lead up to that uh, very insider joke. Uh, this is Living in the Now. So Living in the Now is when we get all of our, uh, our, our nowadays crap out of our system. Um, I've just finished watching the Critics' Choice Awards. <laughs> Because it's award season, then I, I love watching the Oppenheimer cast go from uh, pavilion to pavilion and just get, keeps keep getting awards for a movie that shows how um, humanity is going to end. Uh, how exciting! Yeah, um, I, I I don't like Chelsea Handler, but she was a way better host mm. than Joe Coy. Um, but that's not really saying that much. Apart from that, I haven't really. Got, I've been watching a bit of a bit more horror lately. Um, that's my usual oh. thing to do during uh, holidays. While we're in some horror, let me get off my chest that a while ago Laura mentioned uh, a film called Night Swim mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and asked mm-hmm. me to put the trailer on. Yes. And I accidentally picked the trailer that was like the making of type trailer. Okay. And I was like, this looks pretty shit. And she's like, no, 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 this, this, like, put on the actual trailer, like, it looks good. And I spoke to our, our friend Matthew, who's been on, on the pod. Yes. Yep. And he said, ignore one of the trailers. One trailer, it looks excellent. It looks like a great film. And I don't want to... That's a red flag so. to me. That's a red flag. It's like, <laughs> don't, there's two trailers. One makes it look really bad and one makes it look really good. 
I don't, don't know if he's a bad one. I don't know if he just hadn't seen that one okay. and he just saw the first one was like, okay, yeah, this this looks good. Um, I I don't want to say I told you so, but from the first moment of hearing about this film and seeing the trailer, I said, this is garbage. This and... is like your C grade shutter horror film. <laughs> and we went to the cinema and we paid to see it. I love and that. And it wasn't even bad in a fun way. That's the thing. Is like if you're gonna do bad horror, at least make it like goofy and fun. Um, it was, but yeah, it wasn't goofy. It wasn't fun. It wasn't silly. Not like Aquaman was... two that I watched that without any context whatsoever. <laughs> Had you seen the first one recently? No, I tried to rewatch it and I fell asleep. Not because just because I'm tired. Um, but yeah, that was it was very colorful and very pretty. I can see why people like him. He's a very funny man, Jason Momoa. He's a single man now, too. Just letting yeah. you know. No, Ladies okay. or men. No, thank you. Okay. Uh this I I don't I like how Marvel aren't even oh no, sorry, DC aren't even like uh joking about with their product placement anymore. Like Guinness is a is a big factor in that movie. They just drink Guinness all the time and you know it's Guinness because they show you the Guinness can about that's, six times. That's the manliest drink there is for a man. Oh, it's a mill and a can is what my uh, dad always used to say. Oh yeah. Anyway, let's get out of uh, nowadays, because nowadays is crap. Let's go back to 1997, and let's go to the events. Back when it was a better time. Well, for some people. Bill Clinton! Not Hello? yet, not yet, <laughs> but soon. Uh, but he's at the moment he's a very happy man because he's uh, celebrating his second. When is he not a happy man? Well, in about I think a year's time. Uh, I think he's still pretty happy. <laughs> After some things that have come out in the last couple of weeks, probably not. <laughs> um, but uh, he had his second inauguration. Uh, he uh, obviously won his second term um, fairly convincingly. Um, he did also make Madeleine Albright uh, the first female Secretary of State. If you... A, a great thing for women, but don't look into her history any more than that because uh, there's a blotchy record there for a bunch of political stuff that I won't get into right now. Uh, oh. The only thing that, that got soured um, is Newt Gingrich, who was like a very outspoken... Uh, we talked about him last year. He was a very outspoken uh, Republican. He, he, he maintained to be... He was re-elected to be Speaker of the House. Uh, which is unfortunate because he is, uh, I don't know, what would you call him? A mute. Uh, we've also got, um, now, I didn't know, I look. you know, I don't like to go sniffing around in your yard, in your sports yard. Ah, oh, here we go. But uh, did you have the, the Dennis Robin thing? Uh, yes, I did. But you, you-, you can have it because I'm, I'm going to jump in on, on your soup here. So okay. go on. So Dennis Rodman uh, was having a having a, a great old time um, playing Minnesota. Uh, it was a tough game for the Bulls because uh, Michael Jordan um, was apparently injured that game. He was he had a neck injury and he was sort of not on the court as much as what they wanted him to be. Uh, but they're, they're doing all right. And then uh, our, our our good friend uh, the Worm, as as he was called by some people, went for a rebound a and thing. then. Um, as he sort of went out of court on that baseline, uh, tripped over a photographer's gear, 
Uh, and like, look, he's he's putting all he's he's playing for the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. He's putting all of it on the line here, and he trips over something that could potentially injure him a lot. Um, he shouldn't have kicked him. <laughs> shouldn't no, have kicked him. Should um, and the camera the cameraman look. Not saying that he made a meal of it, but he might have made a bit of a meal of it, and he was taken <laughs> off by a, by a stretcher. He was kicked in the groin area. He was. He was. Uh, the worm went for the worm there. Uh, and <laughs> if you get stumped in the groin by like a size fourteen, what like a hundred and ten kilo man? Yeah. <sighs> if you yeah. want to have a good time too, just Google image search Dennis Robin nineteen ninety seven and wow. He he was he was quite a thing. He was he, a statement, was the gift that kept on giving to a lot of things. Um, there's also a, a uh, the there's obviously a bunch of regular sites you can check out this story on. I, I chose a site called OldSchoolBall.com, which is uh, more of a, a fan site. Some of the photos here they have of um, him of this incident happening. Uh, some of the crowd reactions in the background, lovely, just lovely. He got fined two hundred thousand dollars. He also got banned for 11... Oh, I'm um, sorry, uh, suspended for 11 games. Which isn't a lot in NBA, because that's, that's... At that two stage, weeks. it was. Two uh, weeks, then you're back, yeah. <laughs> back in. Yeah. It's like, you'll get onto your soul-crushing um, uh, roster pretty soon. Uh, he might have just like... Yeah. I mean, Dennis Roman at that stage, he's like, fuck it, I'll go shoot double team. Um, yeah, I'm going to go hang out in Vegas with Carmen Letra. Sick. Oh, Suspend me for another week. I, uh, as you know, I like to legit get my movies and I went to the library yesterday and, and got my copy of Double Team and it's it's waiting there for me. Excuse me. We are now members of Beamer Film. Oh nice. So there's we watch things legitimately. I don't know what you're talking about. Beamer Film and Canopy from your local library. Beamer Film you don't need a library card, but yeah, um good stuff. Tubi, Plex. I've been Beamer. doing a bit of a nineteen eighties horror dive and Tubi and Plex are just the best. Beamer cool. film, you'll get a lot more out of it if you have an Australian library card number. Oh, okay, cool. You can like sign up for free and you'll get all this stuff for free. Otherwise, you can pay. And also it. a snooty Australian um, <laughs> taste in movies too. That really will do well with your Beamer film subscription. <laughs> yeah, we got it so we could watch uh, Miyazaki else. Doko. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. He smokes okay. a lot. He does. Apparently, he's not a great person. Uh, I don't know. He's all right. I've heard. I've heard things, but I, look, you know, whatever. He's given a lot of people a lot he, of happiness. Yeah, he seems very kind and you know, giving in some regards. But I'm sure he's he's still an old man. So I, I wonder if um too if if people can tell me uh if in these in these January episodes I, f- I feel like I'm coming out like bounding out of the gate. I'm like very very happy, and then like between November December it's like. <sighs> then, like a murder happened. I don't know who did it. Are they uh, that <laughs> commentator clip in basketball? <laughs> come to the end of the grueling twenty-eight month regular season. <laughs> Princess Die. Um, she in January of nineteen ninety-seven. Oh, but no, no, no. Hang on. This is this is very important. Okay. Uh, because it would not be known to people listening. Uh, but last the end of last season, you told me that this podcast was in the top 10 in a little place called Angola. Yes. Yeah. So I have made up my mission this this season. Uh, <laughs> each month, we are going to have some Angola news. Angola content. And what better way to start off with a little bit of white saver content? Because 
Look, I, look you, this you is can, life. You can look down your nose at Princess Di if you want. I don't know. That sounds like a very awful thing to do. But like, I'm she not. But like, it. it's a, it is a little bit. Her son dressed up as a Nazi, and you say this. Um. So she walked across a minefield um, in, uh, I, in, in 1997. Uh, she was uh, basically, uh, she'd already sort of put herself out there because uh, there was that time where she shook hands and with people who've got HIV AIDS in the UK and everyone's like, oh, don't touch them. And it's like, it's fine, you idiots. <laughs> um, that's, she didn't, that was a direct quote from Diane. From Diane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, um, she walked across this minefield. Um, I mean, like, look, I'm not saying that they... <laughs> They said, "Oh, look, we don't know for sure." Like, but like, there, there was there was, a, there was a lot of like her whole mission was that there's a, like a, a lot of un um, uh, mines that haven't gone off yet that are, are hiding and killing people, uh, lots of children, like every single year. And she wanted to make a big deal of that. Um, back in the UK, she was uh, widely denounced by the by the conservatives because this particular sort of mission. And this was it was more of a labor because conservatives don't want to get rid of like weapons of war. Why would they want to do that? No. Um, but labor was was quite behind her. Um, and then you know, in a couple of years, in a couple of months' time, they got into power. So yeah. So it's if if you, there's a couple of docos, all well, not docos, but on YouTube you can watch a couple of um, news segments. It's quite. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not a royalist. But the more I hear about her treatment and the way that she got out and just like her her best life that was being lived between getting out and then unfortunately and then ultimately um, dying, this seemed like she was trying to do a lot of good in the world, and uh, it's very heartening to see. I, I, I love it. I don't want to downplay that, but um, I hear a bit of this occasionally about Charles because he does a lot of good for the planet and a lot of good for people. <laughs> It's kind of what the Royals have always done, as far as I know. They have a face of like, hey, "Am I doing some good stuff?" But, but she's not were... a role anymore, so she doesn't tax, actually have to. Tax dollars actually, are paying for. She doesn't actually have to do this stuff anymore, and she, she, she is. Sarah Ferguson wasn't doing this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I don't know what Sarah Ferguson was doing. I can guess, but I'm not gonna <laughs> guess. Guess, Paul. What was she doing? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Auditioning for coronations. I don't know. Ah, I thought um, she's getting her toes sucked, but okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. What other news do you have for me? Uh, so I came across this one. This is a uh, a, a shooting that happened in uh, Chicago, I believe. And the reason Sh- I want to bring Chicago. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I didn't even take to November for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, New York sucked in. Um, oh, so uh, James Halverson was, he went to a high school running track. It's what he did a lot um, to, to keep fit. Um, he was shot um, by a, a man who wanted to basically um, emulate Mickey and Mallory from Natural Born Killers. He just wanted to have, he just wanted, he went to, he went to the, the, shoot, the running track to basically shoot a random person. Shot his dog as well, which I think is like just doubly fucking you know, awful. Um, then I stumbled upon the uh, the link for this is that um, the amount of shootings that happened in the 90s that were inspired or found to have connections to natural-born killers. And there yeah. is a lot. 
Hey, another reason that movie's shit. Yeah, uh, heaps of uh, um, parents being killed, heaps of school shootings um, by kids who wanted to be Mickey and Mallory, um, people who started dressing like them. Went well into the 2000s with using the Mickey and Mallory defense. Um, the Columbine kids um, said they were oh, yeah, yeah. big big fans of them as well. Having so- said that, um, I'm not generally a supporter of films and video games and music make people do <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, I know, yeah. But yeah, the influence is there. Look... And, and the, the fact, that, I think, the fact that it was um, they name checked that particular movie and not just a general thing of like, oh, he liked horror movies or he liked action movies or things like. He actually started dressing like Mickey. Um, his dad actually um, turned him in and said, "This is my piece of shit son who watched Natural Born Killers." Um, so, and the other um, sort of high profile crime that we won't get into too much. I mean, it's not his fault, but um, Bill Cosby's son Ennis Cosby was shot. Um, he was actually trying to help. I thought he was trying to help someone, and then they, um, like for roadside assistance, um, thought they'd broken down, and then they they end up shooting him, and he died on the scene. No way. Yeah, um, that was quite a big thing at the time. I remember he's like he sort of went, yeah. A um, uh, lot of uh, also another one that was famous for the press kind of getting. I think they actually got a hold of it before um, Bill Cosby knew about it. Like it was it was insane. Oh God! Um, but yeah, um, we'll, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of um, articles on that. If you want to check into that one, um, getting a little bit lighter. <laughs> okay, a little bit. Yeah. Um, actually, no, yeah, yeah, pretty much now it's, it's lighting. Um, so uh, Brian Harvey, do you know who Brian Harvey is? No. Brian Harvey is the guy who wore the stupid hat in um, E17. Oh uh, yeah. He left because, or he was kicked out because. He did a radio interview where he said, like, ecstasy is like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's a good drug. Oh. Um, this is, like, in the light of um, many people um, dying as, know, from overdoses on ecstasy at the time and um, the, the rave culture really sort of under pressure about the drug association with it. So um, he was invited. I think they did a bunch of reunion shows, like, a few years later. But, yeah, um, he was ousted ousted from uh, E17 for that so no more silly hats for them that's a shame uh, the SCG uh, was having cricket ground yes Uh, so they were um, Pakistan was in uh, in Australia doing uh, matches they had six separate pitch invasions um, by men I think and a couple of women um on the New Year's Day limited overs um, international. So um, there was a lot of um, focus too that um, there was policemen there. I don't know if you, you probably wouldn't remember this, but like um, they did the Macarena and like the sort of everyone sort of focusing on that. And then like, because they did that, everyone's like, oh, but where were you when the fucking bitch and were going on? Um, You know, whatever. Fair point. (laughs) Cops can't do anything. (laughs) No, they can't. Um, Especially a few bad apples that uh, ruin the, the rest of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a young one. <laughs> uh, eight men were arrested and charged. Uh, police said they were charged for entering a playing field while intoxicated. Um, there was an elderly woman told Radio 2UE she saw gross behaviour from players believed to be continuing a Bucks Night celebration. She alleged a player put his feet in tomato sauce and then on a spectator's back. That another threw a cup of urine into the air and a third made obscene comments to her. 
I mean, two of those things sound like everyday occurrences in this country. Which two, can you guess? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is... So back then, spectators removed from the SCG field faced fines of $100. Um, But the MCG was 1000 600 at the Gabba. Um, Adelaide, they'd actually encourage you to do it because they just want to (laughs) (laughs) Please come to our pitch. (laughs) None of the the elderly people at Adelaide Hopeful could even get over the fence. (laughs) Yeah, there was a little fence back then too. Yeah, there's um there's a lot of streaking going on. Um, so that's yeah. Um, so getting into we had the big day out. Uh, Soundgarden, the Offspring, and the Prodigy were the headliners. We also had Fear Factory, Supergrass. Uh, it's the beginning of the end for Soundgarden. Hmm. Yeah, I remember um listening to Triple J, and they had like I think their Sydney show. It sounded awful, not because of Soundgarden, but because like I think they were still playing in like big. Metal sheds. Um, Super Jesus were. Then we also had Powderfinger, You Are My, um, Rocket from the Crypt, and the John Spencer Blues Explosion. So, no, yeah, yeah, it's fine. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, the fal- the Falves were there. <laughs> oh, I remember them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no real. I can't find anything that really happened of note. So, um, I'm Do you have any good news to end on before I throw out some bad news? Well, not bad news. Interesting news. Oh, I do. I do. Um, we had the Golden okay. Globes. I'll quickly burst with that. And then I'm gonna, I've got a special gift just for you. Sorry. Okay. So, quickly, just going to the Golden Globes. Uh, the English Patient won for drama. Didn't watch that. Evita won for musical comedy. Didn't watch that. <laughs> Evita won over Fargo, Jeremy Maguire, and The Birdcage. So, fuck you. Uh, Jeffrey Rush um, won as, for Shine as David Helfcott in um, the acting. Brenda Leithan for Secrets and Lies. This is these are all films that we did not watch last year. We 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 suck. <laughs> Tom Cruise yeah. won for Jerry Maguire. Madonna won for Evita, which I think I remember at the time people thought that it was a bit maybe like it's a. I mean, this is the thing about the Golden Globes. It's, it's, it's like a publicity event. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, Edward Norton <laughs> won for Primal Fear. Uh, Lauren Bacall for The Mirror Has Two Faces. Uh, Best Director got um, Milos Forman for The People vs. Larry Flint, which I found quite interesting. Um, also won Best Screenplay as well. Uh, and then for the TV, X-Files won for Best Drama, as it should. Third Rock from the Sun won over Frasier, Friends, Larry Sanders, Mad About You and Seinfeld, which I think is just criminal. Of course you do. Mary! <laughs> uh, David Duchovny, The X-Files, and John Lithgow from Third Rock from the Sun. Was it that good of a show? I remember it being. I guess it was a just buff- a bit. It was a buffer between like one show and another good show. Yeah, but I guess it was like something slightly different at the time. Yeah. Okay. My, one of the Michael J. Fox and Spin City. That's just like yeah. Uh, Gillian, yeah. Gillian, 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 Gillian Anderson one for X Files. Helen Hunt for one for Mad About You. Um, and that is pretty much about it that we need to talk about. Um, there is something. So I was going to mention before when you're talking about pitch invasions. So we discovered uh, on. Friday night, we went to, as we often do, a rally um, in support of Palestine. Yeah. And they were talking about protesting the tour down under, which has just happened here. But there are restrictions in place to protest a a large event. Small events, uh, there's different restrictions, but this is considered a large public event. Yes. And the lady listed off all the things you can't do. For the tour down under? Yeah, for like any, it, for any event, for any large um, public event. Okay. Uh, which 
uh, to break it down was nothing. Like you, you're not allowed to do anything. Like yeah. You, uh, there was one ruling is you cannot impact someone's experience, basically. <laughs> so if you're there with a tiny little banner that just says ceasefire, someone can say that upsets me. Well, you're getting arrested. It's kind of that whole thing that happened with um, the Colin Kaepernick thing, like where like all he did yeah. was kneel down. It's just like, well, you're not actually stopping anyone from doing anything. But and like no, that's also lost like, their minds. That's also a silent protest too. Like it's not actually. It's it's like you it, you can infer what you want from him kneeling down, really. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. on that note, yeah. um, in January of '97, uh, Yasser Arafat returned to Palestine because they received back some of their land from Israel. Yes, which I thought worth mentioning because they, as of recording this uh, episode, and I imagine even when it comes out, is very much not the case. No, no, this is... Um, um... And anyone listening that may not know about what is going on in Palestine, um, it's not really on the news at all. So have a quick little look. Well, uh, one, one side of it is. <laughs> it's not the, well, good, yeah. it's not the yeah. good side. It's not Some, the fair side. It's not the just side. But there's, there's a side. There was allegedly 5 million people in Yemen that came out to protest I the US that. and UK bombing them. And... I haven't seen that in any news feeds anywhere, just other than my Instagram feed where all I see is about Palestine now because I've I've asked to see it. Um, I, I, yeah, there was, should, there was, um, Google South Africa at the moment too. It's good things yeah. happening over there. Um, I know, yeah, so I'm, not being, I'm not being like, that sounds like me setting up like a joke. It's not, it's actually South Africa's like doing the best thing ever at yeah. the moment. <laughs> They're doing their best while just about everybody else is doing their worst. Yeah. Trying to help. Um, so yeah, there, almost 30 years ago, uh, there was some good things kind of happening in Palestine, uh, and it's all quickly turned on its head. Oh, if you want to, if, if this is a good year, like I've been doing the, um, the fact sheets and for the next few months, if you want stuff that mirrors 30 years ago in good and bad ways, have I got the year for you? Oh dear. (laughs) Um, I'm going to end on a uh, on a happier note. Uh, it was okay. David Bowie's 50th birthday. It was. Um, and he had a uh, Madison Square Garden show where he had a bunch Star-studded of... Star-studded show. Star-studded. He had Frank Black, so unfortunately he made his way in somehow. Oh. Um, Foo Fighters played um, Hello Space Boy and Seven Years in Tibet. I didn't know it was a song. Uh, Robert Smith was there. Song. What's what? The Bowie song. Is it? It's Hello Space Boy. They're all Bowie songs. But have you yeah. have you heard have you heard these? Yeah. Are they good? I think Seven Years in Tibet is off Earthling, which was No, no, have you next. heard like the the, the version you did? Oh, these versions. No, no, no. I don't want to hear other people doing bad Bowie covers. Uh Sonic Youth was there. Um mm. and then also Lou Reed did a, I think this is a big uh, this is a like cuz they they did a couple of albums together and I think this is the first time they'd done that for years. So Everyone was very happy about Lou Reed coming. Don't look into his backstory. Um, then you also had uh, Billy Corgan uh, finished off the show with uh, all the young dudes, dudes and um, the Gene Genie. And then Space Oddity was played for the first time since 1990. So, oh, weird. Yeah. So uh, If you look up the... They did a photo, I'm guessing it was afterwards. Yes. It is a real weird bunch of people. Yeah, all seem to be having a good time. Good on them. Um, placebo? Yeah, I didn't see them on the set list, though. Uh, I don't know if maybe just Brian Maloko was there hanging out. But um, 
it's, it's a it's a weird it's a weird gang. <laughs> We're gonna have to put that up on the Instagram because yeah, we will. Yeah. All right. Some well, people look my... really comfortable, and some people look very uncomfortable. It's, it's, I can't stop looking at it. <laughs> that was my sprawling first uh, episode of the year uh, event section. So let's get on to sport. It's been a marvellous game here. Yes, for England! Championship curling on CBC. Welcome to Super Bowl XXXI. That's what a lot of X's. Yeah, I believe that stands for 31 because... It stands for adult. (laughs) (laughs) Adult plus one. (laughs) Uh, Because America's super smart and that's how they number things. Um, although having said that, if it said Super Bowl and then just 3-1 next to it, it probably would look pretty dumb. But no one else does this. No. I don't know why that hasn't occurred to me. It's very weird. It's like, let's make it more Roman and gladiatorial. Let's make it yeah. Roman numerals. Um, anyway, the Patriots uh, tried to begin their run of being some sort of champions, uh, but they lost to the mighty... Brett Favre, remember him? He was a god back in the day. Speaking of the um, Patriots, uh, I'm not I'm not happy I did this. But you know what? Fuck it. I am happy because I, I found it very funny. But I know you I know you're gonna I know you're gonna give me shit. Alright, are you ready? <laughs> so I watched the entire season of the new Ted T V show, so you didn't have to. <laughs> Thank you. Uh it's set in nineteen ninety three, one of the reasons I wanted to watch it. And uh Okay. The, they, they, in one episode, they're not watching, obviously, this one. They're watching another football game with the Patriots in it. Um, look, it was a... I had a lot of time on my hands, and I laughed way too much. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, and I think a lot of it was, too, because it was set in, in 1993. Like, it's a lot of it's just... It seems like very uh, recent humor to me. So... So yeah, I, there you go. It's on binge. You know what? It's eight. It's eight episodes. It's not that bad. Does it act like it was made in '93, or it's just clearly set a there? A couple of times they talk about stuff. So like one of the one of the um uh characters says that she's um uh she's fluid with her sexuality. I'm like, I don't think people are saying that. Like, I mean, I, look, I wasn't there, but like, I don't think like whether that was like a regular term people were being used. Um, and then there was another time where they sort of used another word that seemed a bit more modern. But um, apart from that, like it's it's not it's it's got some bits that are a bit like, uh, but like it's it's not as gross and family guy like as what you might think. Okay, yeah. And there was sport in it, so everyone likes sport. Yeah, there's actually yeah. A lot, quite a lot of sport. In it. Anyway, oh, nice. Uh, keep going. There's also quite a lot of sport in the Universade. What? Or remember the oh yes. Universe Olympics? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they did Mars compete this time. No, but uh, it was held in South Korea. No. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's quite as big as last time. We only had uh, 20 nations. Well, this universe is just getting smaller, is what I always say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, Germany, who we used to think was a cool, nice, well-adjusted, progressive country. Turns out, uh, indeed, they still are not. Um, they came dead last with a bronze. <laughs> Suck it, Germany. Wow. Dickheads. Uh, Japan won, South Korea came sixth, Ooh. and United States won silver, four bronze. Hmm. Yeah, the future does not look bright for American <laughs> athletics, apparently. 
Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get. Lot, there's still a lot of uh, performance-enhancing uh, substances out there. I'm sure they'll get yeah, to the top. Yeah, it'll come. Um, but the real reason we're all here is because we have the Canadian Mixed and Senior Curling Championships. <sighs> Welcome. That's. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons why I love uh, um, January so much is that January and February will still have some curling in it, and it's good. They will. I, I haven't looked ahead at February. Um, I believe we do have some more curling, so I'm nice. not going to tease you. The Senior Curling Championships wrapped up in February. Okay. But I'm, I'm not going to make you wait. Oh, good. Thank you. That's a bit cruel. Um, it was held at the Thornhill Golf and Country Club in Thornhill, Ontario. Oh, sounds great. Sounds very white. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh, oh, let's go club. see the curling. Have you got a broom? <laughs> at a country club. I, I don't know. If, I feel like they hadn't really mentioned the venues they were at before, but now it's it's kind of ruined it for me. I think it's a, a more of an upper crust. I don't think they're paying this down on the streets. But I can't imagine a country club having like a little ice rink where that would even happen. In Canada. But then again, we're in Canada, so I guess it does yeah. make sense. Um, so the men's final uh, was Ontario versus Saskatchewan. <sighs> Saskatchewan. Uh, did I tell you that a girl at my work is from Saskatchewan? Oh, Sketch. Yeah, insane. Um, in brackets next to the province's name, uh, Ontario says Turcotte, Saskatchewan <laughs> says Eddie, but next That's... to Turcotte's name, there's a little hammer. Ah, Turcotte hammer? Um, which apparently means they go last at the first end. So, mm-hmm. that, or they go second. I don't know, it's... It's weird. It's, it's a cool thing. Uh, anyway, Ontario won, sadly. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I know. I know. I know how you feel about the sack. Satch. You're a big fan. Sketch. Sack. Sketch. Uh, in the women's, the final was Quebec and Ontario. And Quebec took out some revenge. Suck it, sack. Ontario. Yeah. On your um, way, yo. A little hammer there. That's cute. I like it. Uh, over in the mixed curling, which was in Saskatchewan, uh, the sack didn't do very well Sketch. in the in the mixed. Uh, only one in three of their games. But right. staying in the sack, <laughs> just gonna keep saying it now. Uh, we had the Saskatchewan Scott Tournament of Hearts. Uh, Ev- everyone knows this one. This is. This is well, a staple now. It's what uh, I think it's what it got us into it in the first place. Yeah, I think it is. So we don't have like provinces or like states or countries here. We've just got people. Um, so the the semi final was Sandra Schmerler playing off against Kim Hodson. Oh, Kim Hodson. Schmerler <laughs> made her way through to the final, where she came up against Sherry Linton after she beat Anita Silvernagel. <laughs> Yeah. They sound really, like... Uh, really enjoying these names. Oh, man, like a Canadian sitcom. Did you go over to Mr. Silvernagel's house? <laughs> no, I was with Schmermler. <laughs> so Adam Don't Sandler's tell old mate. man Linton. <laughs> these are so weird. Uh, yeah, so Schmermler uh, uh, took it out seven to five. Yep. Um, and went on to have 
a successful um, Karen lifestyle career. as a curler. <laughs> <laughs> she did actually go to the Olympics coming up, so I'm sure oh, we'll on. cover that. She had the nickname. Oh my god, why did I not think of that? What? Smell the curler? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she is the only person in the sport that has a name that rhymes with the sport she does. She probably didn't want to do it, but an old man said, like, hey, you're a schmurler with curlers. It's in the name. <laughs> now go out there and get your broom. Uh, and then, sadly, she died at 36 with cancer. Oh. Um, that is our sports. Although, I do quickly want to mention, uh, this was the year that I belittled my sister for working at Hungry Jack's when Martina Hingis... Uh, who was of the same age as her, mm-hmm. was winning Grand Slams. The first Swiss person to win a Grand Slam. Oh, there I, was, you go. I was a big fan of Hingers. Yeah, we all were. <laughs> um, and <go>. also, also <laughs> Sam, Sam Perkins of the Seattle Supersonics uh, tied a, a long NBA record of eight straight three-pointers. Yeah. And they smashed Toronto. They were a team back then, and they will be a team again. Okay. All right, let's get on to film. Now, I thought this was a great little uh, entree to the 1997 year. You did not, but that doesn't really matter. It's a nice little start because there's a bunch of shit that I don't need or want to watch. Uh, Jackie Chan's first strike, The Relic, Turbulence, Dead Silence, Albino Alligator, Beverly Hills Ninja, Metro, Hurricane Streets, Fierce Creatures, Zeus and Roxanne, Gridlocked, Shadow Conspiracy, Waiting Zeus for... and Roxanne got gridlocked? Where? <laughs> In the Shadow Conspiracy. Waiting, huh. waiting for Guffman, and then we had our first of the Star Wars re-releases, which we will be talking about in a uh, standalone episode next week. So, Ooh. but let's talk about... Um, I, I Look, I started off strong. I'm not going to lie. There's a few things... Uh, there's a couple of ones I, I was upset I couldn't get. I couldn't find gridlocked anywhere. Uh, and I really wanted to watch it because apparently Tim Roth and Tupac were actually really, really good in that movie. Um, I didn't find Albino Alligator anywhere, despite the fact that it's directed by Kevin Spacey. I remember watching that back in the day and it was a really uh, decent film. One of those post, post-pulp fiction films where like a lot of people were trying to like do that sort of edgy gangster thing and that one was one of the good ones. Um, and I also couldn't find Hurricane Streets and I remember watching that on... Uh, Foxtel back in the day and uh, it's like a really sort of decent um, indie film about sort of like people living on the streets or like yeah, in uh, New York but I couldn't find that one anywhere but what I did see was um, I actually saw quite a few but I want to know what what, uh, what you watched I watched Jackie Chan's First Strike of course um, which I did not realise until the end of it when I was logging it in Letterboxd that it was Police Story 4 yeah, hence re- why it did not make heaps of sense to me that uh, it just it played like an episode of something. Yeah, um, I watched the first hour or so of the Relic, um, and then realised why X Files episodes don't go for more than an hour because right. stick a pin in that one, and then you also into your face. <laughs> uh, Beverly Hills Ninja, ah, oh. and waiting for Goof Man. Cool. Well, I, I I watched a few more, so let me just barrel through some of mine. Please do. Um, 
I watch I'll, Metro. I'll busy myself Met- over here. <laughs> Metro is one of my uh, favorite Eddie Murphy movies. I don't know why it gets all the hate. I think it's great. Probably because um, Michael Rappaport being a piece Michael of shit. <laughs> <carry> <laughs> Rappaport. Um, also, he's 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 done some stuff in the last year that's not not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I told you. I'd always told you. Oh, I think he was always at the cusp of it. Like, I mean, the fact that he was like very good friends with Louis C.K. is like always a good red flag. Um, Look, the real uh, so um, Metro is uh, about uh, Eddie Murphy is a, um, a hostage negotiator with a gambling problem. Um, he has a, a British girlfriend that he um, sometimes doesn't <laughs> makes fun of her accent, and it's very funny. This is like right before, like a few in a few months' time, he will be um, caught in a very compromising situation, and like will have to completely rebrand his career. But at the moment, we've got like a couple more adult. Uh, Eddie Murphy movies in us. Um, his cornrow sort of uh, hairstyle on this is just amazing. Um, it's got uh, our good friend um, from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, the guy with the voice like this. Yes, he is amazing. He's the bad guy in this. I don't know why he didn't get more bad guy movies because he's, he's and he's very uh, ruthless in this one. Like he he doesn't mess around. Like he he takes some. He takes a, a guy's ear off in in one point. It completely um, eviscerates another guy. Like an, it, there's a really cool uh, uh, throat being cut in the in a lift scene where there's just blood Ooh. going everywhere. Um, what's his name? It's uh, Michael Wincott. Oh, man, I knew it was yeah. Michael, I knew it was Michael something. He did. Um, and look, I don't know. I I, I remember seeing this. I, th- I watched this in the in the movies, and I think it was like one of the. We used to do a lot of a lot of these uh, movie marathons, and I reckon this is one of the ones where I, I saw a couple of times because like we used to just like sneak into different marathons, and <laughs> you'd end up watching the same movie twice sometimes. But this one was fine. I like it. Um, I think it's available. I think it's on Disney. So give it a go. It's 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 a good Sunday afternoon. Um, Mal came in and watched it and was like, eh, and then she um, ended up uh, staying for the whole thing because it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Shadow Conspiracy uh, with Charlie Sheen was not great, so let's not talk about that. Good choice. Uh, Fierce Creatures was nowhere near as funny as I remember it being. Uh, yes. Kevin I Kevin. thought about it because I, I remember it being funny and being a kid and thinking, oh, this is great. And then yes. I thought, John Cleese can choke on some dicks. I'm not watching your films. Um, he, yeah, it's it's really... Uh, shows its age. Um, there's that also that weird. Um, do you remember? Uh, do you remember Eric Idle being in this movie? No. There's a guy that looks a lot like Eric Idle in this movie, though. Oh. <laughs> and like, uh, cause they I, all look the same. I assume that he was in it because, like, um, it's got um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Michael Palin from the uh, Monty Python in it. I was gonna say Michael Palin and Kevin Klein are the same man to me. Um, Kevin Klein. I look. He's an absolute dick in this movie. He plays the two roles. He plays his dad and also the son. Um, he plays like a Rupert Murdoch type sort of Australian um, billionaire that buys this zoo and wants to. Um, he gets the idea of uh, using advertising, so like he starts like putting uh, advertising actually on top of the animals, um, or like that. Like each exhibit sort of um, has its own uh, like ones for Pepsi and I think ones for like um, Hungry. Jack- oh, sorry, Burger King. Um, it's like, look, and J- Jamie Lee Curtis is just boobs out the entire movie, which is, I think, <laughs> that was kind of like the, one of the things in Official Wonder because it's like a lot of, sort of the same people from that. Yeah. But um, 
1997, it just it just hits a bit different. <laughs> it's just I think we were at the point where we're like, I don't know whether like this like bawdy British humour is is gonna win us over anymore. And uh, but yeah, we me and me and Mal watched it. Um, but it was at the end of it, we both said like, oh, that is not what I remember that being. <laughs> Well, I guess that's good. That makes me happy. I'm glad I didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, we've also got... Um, look, I'm going to talk about... Oh, Turbulence. Turbulence is a very, very cool little uh, thriller. We've got Ray Liotta um, just being absolutely nuts for, for for like like 90 minutes. He's got... I, I'm going to try and find... There is a... Uh, a uh, couple of s- smash clips on um, YouTube of just like of just him like the smiles and the laughing and like him just being uh, crazy, <laughs> like all all the scenes from this from this film where he, where, he, where he's acting like that and it's amazing. So I'll try and um, put that up on the Instagram. But yeah, it's it's a it's a it's, there's a bit of a twist in there. Um, pretty decent effects for like what would be pretty much a B movie. Um, but yeah, if you want a, a decent sort of airplane thriller. Um, and also, you know, we all do. You know, just like I, I always like to rem- remind myself how good Ray Liotta was as a as a as an actor, and um, this one is very very cool. Let's talk okay. about let's talk about the relic um, because I hold this one in quite great esteem. Um, I've always liked this. I watch it probably every couple of years. Um, okay. I don't know why. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I've, I find this movie very very cool. It's um if you've never seen it, it's about um this uh, museum in Chicago that um one of their uh, researchers goes to um like into the jungle and and um he, he actually dies there. Um, well, he doesn't. Well, he kind of dies, <laughs> and then um the, like it gets sent back to um the the, the box gets sent back to uh, the museum, and then this creature which is made up of a bunch of different DNAs is created and is just knocking people off left, right and center in a very, very gory, visceral way. Um, that scene with the security guard and the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, I always love the fact that there's... Um, uh, it's, oh, so, and there's also... Uh, we are treated to um, all sorts of... It, it has a lot to do with... Um, superstitions and bad luck and like the the it just so happens that the uh museum is doing a exhibition on um uh various superstitions um from from all over the world and i don't know i just i find it very like a bit even though it's like pretty visceral it's, it's a pretty cozy horror um Penelope Allen and miller is great in it there's a bit where she um sees this decapitated head on the um the floor of the toilet and she's she's she says very casually she's like oh do you need me more and she's like oh my god <laughs> and it's just like the way that she is from like completely casual to like absolutely screaming your head off is amazing tom sizemore's in this um he is he uh yeah that like, was almost cool this is you know this is like right in his um purple patch of um pl- playing uh, other cops or bad guys uh he plays a cop who's got superstitions a bad cop He's, yeah, he plays a cop who's got superstitions to the point that like they're at the first murder scene and he's like, oh, don't step over the body, it's bad luck and like, lots of stuff. It's just, oh, there's a cat there. He's like, oh, was it black? It's like, okay, we, yeah. get, we get it. This movie's about superstitions. You can lay off. It's coming on a little bit too rough. Linda Hunt is in this, if you don't know her. Um, she's what they base the... Um, <laughs> she's in NCIS, but it's, whatever, it's who everyone thinks is in The Incredibles, but it's not actually her. Um 
Then we've also got like a really decent looking monster in this. I I, I really I, and um, when it really gets going, there's a bunch of people, a bunch of dignitaries that have been like um, trapped in the museum and they're trying to find a way out. There's a couple of scenes where like this thing's just ripping through people and it, it's amazing. Love it. So fuck you. It's a good movie. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say anything. No, you only got an hour into it and you didn't finish it and you were saying something about... Well, I mean, I got an hour 14. It's like 25 minutes left. Why don't you just finish it? Oh, my laptop died and then uh, just, it didn't seem worthwhile to continue on. My laptop just, didn't die because I had it on DVD because I've had it on DVD for quite some time. <laughs> it didn't... It just felt like an X-Files episode that was too slow, that's what too the, dark, that's what there wasn't enough going on. That's what the is. It's like, it's that they're like, oh, look... The best X-Files episodes of the Monsters of the Week. All right, so let's do a whole movie on that. And sometimes it works, like Rorick, and sometimes it doesn't, like the Mimic. I guess, I guess it didn't work. Well, you're wrong. Um, there's also, um, I'll try to watch them, but when I look at the, um, a lot of these, uh, the movie lists for each month in the 90s, um, they always list the HBO movie of the week that they were doing. Um, this one was um, it's one called Dead Silence, and it's really, it's actually on binge now. You can, you can watch it. It's got James Garner, who was like, just doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but you know he seems he seems to have fun. Um, it's about a um, bunch of escaped uh, uh, convict, convicts who hijack or well, take prisoner a bunch um, a, a bus full of uh, deaf kids, and they hole hole up in a barn. Um, and uh, then there's like a bit, a bit of a siege situation, and there's a, there's a lot of um, sort of uh, towards the end. There's actually quite a nice little twist. Um, but the best thing ever is that. There's one of these. One of these convicts is a is a rapist, and he keeps leering at like these girls, these deaf girls, and he's trying to get in their pants. And one of the other convicts shoots his dick off, and it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> shoots oh. his dick off, and then walks away, and lets and, and allows him to, to to bleed out, and it's great. Okay, I was wondering where that was going when you were like, "There's one good bit," and that's how it started. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about. I remember trying to cover. Um, on another podcast I did, we, we tried to cover Beverly Hills Ninja and then I got like about half an hour, 45 into it and I'm like, this movie is so terrible, I don't think I can even make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't end up doing it. So I don't think I ever actually finished it because this movie is, is it is terrible, yeah? Um, terrible seems a bit harsh. It's not a great film. But again, like when... I w- I've said it too many times. I was a Tommy Boy kid. Like, yeah. that film is, like, peak Chris Farley, peak 90s. Everything that's not that is never going to come close. This is like and, a, if they put Ace Ventura 2 with Chris Farley in it, I feel. Like, there's, like, that sort of whole... Yeah, like, he is. There's moments I wrote down, is Chris Farley too Chris Farley? <laughs> um, because he's he's great as a bit part. He's great when he has a counterpart. And the Liu Kang, whose name I'm terrible and I can't remember, Luke his counterpart in this, is pretty good. But he's barely in it. Like he's he's so far from being his sidekick that you forget about him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. If they'd given him more, but then his Chris Farley's last two films, they're just buddy films. Yeah. So maybe they wanted him to have a bit more limelight. Like he can't always just be one of two. But that's when he's at his best. When he has someone he's bouncing off of. Yeah, I think um he the, I think he was sort of um believing his own hype of like you know, I deserve because yeah, you know, he was a lot of people sort of said he was like the new John Belushi type sort of thing, or like even to yeah. a lesser extent the, the new John Candy sort of thing. So I think he's like, oh, I really want to emulate that. But um, 
and I'm not, I'm not saying he's not he wasn't good enough to hold, but like you know, some people make a really decent tidy living on being like the buddy. Like yeah, um, he could have gone into Happy Madison Productions and just been just done a Kevin just Kevin James it <laughs> for a while. Yeah, and I think he would have just killed it as that friend or the side character, and it's it's not fair. Like he. I'm sure he could have had lead roles here and there. Kevin James has had lead roles. Um, but it feels like a film where they had a bit of a script. And like, let's just put Chris Farley in. Yeah. It'll be goofy. It'll be funny. That's all we need. Um, it's obviously a touch racist here and there. Um, it's... Oh, I shouldn't say a touch well, racist. It's well, quite racist all over the place. It's a, it's a film in the 90s. <laughs> but a lot of it is aimed at like making fun of white people and their stupidity. Um so it definitely could have been much worse. There's a British bad guy, which I always love. Fantastic. Um, Will Sasso is in it. I didn't need that. Uh, he's biggest... had some... He's, he, have you heard what he did recently? No. So he, uh, I believe... Um, I'm not sure the full story, but like um, on his podcast, he did. He created an AI jet GTP version of George Carlin doing a... Uh, comedy routine and everyone's up in arms about like oh, oh. What the fuck man like you know you have some respect for like the dead and lots of stuff so yeah. weird he's uh he's <laughs> he's not uh well looked well liked at the moment so yeah oh all right good to know anyway. um the most intriguing thing about this film is billy Connolly is credited in it ah. and i could not see him anywhere Ooh. but i'm guessing they stuck him in as like a fu manchu ripoff because he's in like a, a he's in a, like an antique shop, and I can just picture they gave him the big moustache and tried to make him probably look Japanese or something. I don't know. I didn't uh, see him, so I don't know for sure. But that's my nineties assumption. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, you'd probably be bang on too. Um, they try and rip off the Mortal Kombat music, which is great. Always, yeah. It's not terrible. It's not as bad as you think. Um, anyone that's got no idea. Chris Farley uh, ends up in this very, very secret. Uh, yeah, he like, is the secret Japanese, ninja. Yeah, the Japanese antique shop proprietor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's, he's like apparently supposed to be uncredited. Yeah. So there's this law in Japan that one day this white ninja will come along and he'll be the greatest ninja of all time. Uh, Chris Farley somehow ends up in this secret. How offensive! Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris Farley ends up there as a baby and they raise him and he's always useless. Uh, and then one day all the ninjas go out to protect something or defend something and they leave Chris Farley there by himself. And this, uh, blonde lady, I can't remember who she is. She's from Desperate Housewives. Um, she just wanders into this very secret dojo and says she needs help from a ninja. Oh, Nicholas Sheridan. Yes, that's the one. Uh, he follows her like a creep back to Los Angeles, follows her around, tries to help her. <laughs> oh, it's because she thinks her husband's cheating. Dummy like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it turns out her boyfriend is this bad guy and he's British and he's like trying to get counterfeit money made up. Um, it's real tacky. Chris Farley accidentally saves a day, but mostly Liu Kang saves a day. Uh, and then he goes back to Japan and he's like, yeah, I'm an ninja now. This is great. I saved someone. And they're like, maybe you should go back to California with your girlfriend. And he's like, okay. It's very Ace Ventura 2. Yeah. 
with the monks and they're like, uh, please go away. Yeah, yeah. Two stars just because I like Chris Farley. And wait, I'm not... I'm going to stop saying Luke Hang. Because <laughs> uh, he was very good. He dresses up in drag at one point and he looks like David Coveney in... Um, uh, was it Twin Peaks he dresses up? He's, oh, yeah. He's he a yeah. trans character. Yeah. Uh, Robin Shu. Nice. Uh, Chris Rock is a fucking nightmare in it. Can't stand him. Let's talk about to, to finish off um, uh, strong. I did try and watch Zeus and Roxanne because I do like an animal movie. Um, and I also do like Steve Gutenberg. Uh, did you watch First Strike? I did not watch First Strike, no. It's based in Ukraine. Remember Ukraine? Yeah. They used to be considered the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were also teaming up with Russia. How things change. Movies are weird. Um, the uncle from Rumble in the Bronx is in this. Nice. Which is pretty funny. How much bad um, dubbing is there? A lot of it. Um, and the dialogue is terrible. The The dialogue from the Australian cast especially mm. sounds like they filmed it, didn't know what they wanted them to say, and then later on they're like, can you just get some Australians to come in and just say some <laughs> random shit and we'll put <laughs> it in the film? It's oh, so mate. weird. Um, but Jackie Chan... Uh, is he's pretty good still. Yeah. Uh, there's an iconic scene where he's in the snow and he's just like wearing a shirt and pants. And then like you wait to the end, you see the outtakes and like, yeah, he's just in a shirt and pants. And Jesus Christ. Like terrible. And like all the fight scenes, it's the one thing I used to obsess about Jackie Chan films. I love them so much. At the end, you get to see all the times he fucked up. Yeah. And like he cops like a broom in the eye. Yeah, there's like, um, um, there's that one in um, Police Story, like the first one where you... Uh, see the moment he actually breaks his foot. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it film's kind of dumb. It's kind of pointless, but it's 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 a little bit fun. Yeah. Um. I can't really tell you what the plot is. It's hard to find too. Uh. Something about nuclear weapons being swapped around <laughs> places. I don't know how why he ends up in Australia when it's like Ukraine and Russia. It's so many bad bit part actors and like huge big muscle men at shoulder pads in suits uh it's it's something you should you should I, watch I, it i looked at like the trailer right and it looked like it was a movie that was in the, made in the 1980s but then it's in the 90s <laughs> so kind of like... i mean that's australia for you yeah <laughs> um did you like waiting for guffman not heaps oh, but dude. i never have it's always been my least favorite of the guest films um i watched it um, I did. Oh, look, I, I admit, I must admit, I watched it with um, uh, my wife and her sister, and they weren't that impressed by it. But like, I think it's and I like I would, I would hate other people saying this to me, so I apologize. But like, I, I I think it's a movie that if you if you watch his later movies and then you go back to this one, you give it a bit more of a go, like it's because you know, you kind of know what oh, they're no. going for. I'm the opposite. This is the last one I watched, and I was in love with The Mighty Wind and Best in Show, and then this one does not stand up next to those. I just like like this, the 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 when I first watched this, I was like, um, I was back. It was back um, on Foxtel days. I was, I was it was probably actually in the nineties or if not the early two thousands, and I'd seen it um, in the video store that I was working at, and I was like, I didn't I didn't know what the like the when you look at the um, the front cover of the film, you're like, oh, I'm not sure what that sort of means. Yeah. And then the, the, there's the very first scene. So if you ever see it, it's about um, a, um, there's a production um, of a play um, uh, in this small town. 
uh, by this guy called Corky St. Clair, which was played by Christopher Guest. Um, and it's so the- also, if you've ever been on Instagram, is there's this guy called the Greedy Peasant. Okay. Yeah. They are like they're the same person. It's it's perfect and hilarious. Um, um, look him up. It's quite good. It's the the town of Blaine's 150th anniversary. So it's like it's 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 a celebration. And at the start of the movie, the the town's council are uh, planning out the festival. And there's, it's all sort of like, oh, we should put the porta potties here and lots of stuff. And then like it's like I think we should have um, shooters here. <laughs> Yeah, like no, when I first heard that line, when he's like, "Oh yeah, we want armed people here and here," I fucking lost it. I'm like, "This is this is so my 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 style of film." That bit was kind of funny. Um, if you love Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara, like they are just amazing in this movie. Like they play a married couple. There's a scene. Um, there's also <laughs> Eugene Levy's in this movie. Parker Posey, who I've watched in the last uh, six months, I've watched um, not not trying to, but just worked out so many Parker Posey movies and I've fallen over there all over again. I oh. freaking love Parker Posey so much. And she's in the new White Lotus. Um, thanks. They're doing another one. Thanks for the rim shot. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's a, there's a scene where um, Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara go out for dinner with um, Eugene Levy and his wife. <laughs> and they're talking about how um, he's got this problem with his penis and I'm, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to talk about the entire scene. Did you do you remember that scene? I the do, Chinese yes. Restaurant? It is one of the funniest things. And this is when I was like, you know when you're watching something with other people and they're not into it? I was like absolutely packing myself, laughing, and like there was getting nothing from them. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this by myself sometimes. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, yeah. Um, and it's just like uh, Bob Balaban's in this as like the... Um, he. He used to be like the director of the plays, but then Corky comes in and, and, and takes over. So there's like a lot of hostility there, and that, that's that's amazing. Um, there's a really funny bit at the end where Corky's in his house and he's showing the remains of the day, like that somber Anthony Hopkins movie. But there's like a bunch of like um, merchandise from that movie. I always thought that was like a really funny thing to put pop pop at the end. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know. Look, obviously, I can tell by your reactions. Like, I love this way more than you. But you really did. Um, it was, it was good. I mean, if you didn't love it heaps, then I would be here saying like it's a good movie. But it just doesn't hit me the same as the others do. Yeah, um, oh, look, it's just I'm, in, in it, it's very very them, it's much more dry compared yeah. to the others. And look, I and look, yeah, it's it's, it's you're really sort of having to. Um, Especially like Eugene Levy's character, like, like, he's he really sort of puts it on. But like, um, I just I found him so charming in this. Um, yeah, he he stands out really well. Fred Willard, um, I don't know why I never noticed before, but he is always the exact same character. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's always the best character in the film. Catherine O'Hara, I think, is a bit. She's not. She's not enough. I, I want more Catherine O'Hara. No, I always well, that's, do. That's kind but... of her character though, because like Fred Willard's always like telling her what to do, and like it's and he's giving her notes. And then she tries to give him notes, and he just doesn't listen to him. And it's great. Um, I think also, like, and I've, I've never, I've never been a um, theatrical actor, but I think people who I, I always found people who really like this movie are usually the ones who have been in the play and know what it's like. And yeah, so yeah, it's it's just great. I'm not gonna, you know what? I'm not this this year. I'm I'm not gonna. We're gonna wait to the end to find out favorites. We're not gonna do it halfway through. Um, anymore, so so think about what what your favorite okay. film is going to be. I, I've got a, I've got a really hard pro- hard time for the exact different reason why you got a really hard time about this. 
<laughs> uh, mine is that I love too many. Yours is that which is like just yes. good enough. Slim pickings. Australian box office. We've got it back. Um, for some reason, for some reason, they've skipped ninety six, but they're back for ninety seven. Uh, Ju- Romeo and Juliet were up there for two weeks. Then the ghost Romeo of- plus Juliet. Get it right. Romeo God. plus Juliet equals <laughs> bored pool. Um, Ghost <laughs> in the Darkness did, uh, did, uh, did one week, which is totally should have. Um, <laughs> remember when that lady with the baby gets in by the lamp. Uh, <laughs> and I found it really funny and you don't. Um, the oh, long wait, co- when, does, when does the dingo thing happen? Were they inspired that in, by that this? That was in the 80s. Oh, yeah, it was. And then The Long Kiss Goodnight also had a week at the top in the Australian box office. In the US, the top five was Jerry Maguire, Michael... Scream, Evita, The Relic. Hmm. Um, the Relic should definitely be in the top five, and I'm very happy about that. Hmm. Did really well. Um, look, I'm okay. not saying that like to do really well in January of a of, <laughs> of going on. yeah yeah. There's not a lot going on. Uh, but let's get on to TV. All right, so. Uh, went through a few things i'm trying to find i know i know we neglect tv quite a lot um it's, it's just sorry. that i could go i could i could i could talk to you for the next five minutes about the show lost on earth being a guy who gets sucked into a world full of puppets Ooh. and uh and and i don't think i'd be upset if you did that you should watch the show <laughs> it is not good um oh. and uh it's one where even the laugh track doesn't seem to be laughing that much when it should be. Like I'm like, Jesus, that's really bad. Uh, Chicago Suns. Um, that was Jason Bateman, uh, one of his first starring roles in a. No, thank you. You don't like him? No, I do not. Is there a reason? Th- there's plenty of good reasons. Let's leave him alone. What did he do? Send him to the sun. <laughs> what? What did he do? No, I just don't like it. Did you do something bad though? Um, I don't think he's done heaps of bad things. I know he's a bit of a dickhead, but a lot of people are dickheads. Did you ever um, watch the, um, did we, did we talk about this? Did we watch the, the Smartless doco that's on Binge? No. <laughs> so he, he does a, um, podcast with, uh, Will Arnett and, um, oh, the guy from Will and Grace, uh, what's his name? Um, which one? Uh, <laughs> the gay one. <laughs> the, the main one? The actual gay one. Um, Will? Well, no, no, his friend. Jack. Yes. Um, they are on a podcast and then um, there's a doco on Binge, that like a six-part doco where they, they did a tour and um, just him and Will Arnett have got some very good scenes where Will Arnett, like, Will Arnett just gives him so much shit and it's just very fun, very fun to watch. So have a go. It's pretty good. I would say he was really good in Outsiders and I really liked that show. But generally, Listen, I'm not a fan. Do you know what movie me and Mal fucking love? We watch it probably once a year. Is, JFK? Uh, Game Night. Oh. With him in it. Oh. It's, a, it's, it's yeah. very funny. Yeah. It's a very funny movie. A strange guy. Time, but yeah, I am a strange guy. We should be talking about King of the Hill because I didn't watch them, but that was a good show. <laughs> but Because Laura's was, told you to say that. <laughs> she No, Laura's going to be upset that we did not watch the... I think it was two episodes aired in January. Yeah. Um, but it always got overshadowed for me growing up because of The Simpsons. Yeah, I... I Look, I watched a couple of episodes um, just to sort of get ready for this, and I was like, um, I still don't 
like it heaps. Like it's fun, but I think it's just um, especially it has put- great moments, but it doesn't have many great episodes. Um, it's my experience. Yeah, and also like it's um, it was it was in that animation block of it was that Simpsons and Futurama, and sometimes yeah. Family Guy as well. It's just like it's just there's just too much stuff that like I really like. It wasn't bad. It reminds me actually. I'm watching it last night. Um, uh, kind of got a Bob's Burgers vibe. Yeah, yeah. like it, it doesn't fit in with Simpsons or Family Guy or Futurama, like at all. It's yeah, a, a, a different, drier kind of slightly, not slightly. Like it's a more highbrow comedy, I guess. Yeah, I think um the thing because one of the things I like about Bob's Burgers now because like a lot of people um I know don't like it or don't and it's not that they don't like it they just don't care for it sort of thing but it's like I was like I don't I feel Bob's Burgers aren't trying to get people to like them they are they just are and if people like them they're like that's eh, fine but they're yeah. not they're not sort of going for the laugh every single minute I think that's what I got from King of the Hill um yeah so uh yeah the, as, as I said like, it's 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 fine it's just not still not my, <laughs> still, still not my favourite that's that's the theme of January so far. It's fine, but mm, that's that's a January motto, uh, which would take me to the Eric Banner show because I loved that growing up. Growing up, growing up, I loved Eric. I still love Eric Banner now. I think he's great. Um, but as a kid, I loved this show. I went looking for some clips of it last week. Yeah, and the first clip I pulled up, he goes to interview Andrew Gaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basketballer, and he invites him out, and he says to the crowd, "Everyone, go spazzy for Andrew Gaze." That's kind of weird. Because it's not even. I thought he was going for a rhyme there. Nope. No, that's just what he says. Spazzy. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Look, you, I you, you like I would yourself, give you like, like a, a, some banner. I I've I've always had a problem with Eric Banner. I've told this story before because there was that time where he was on, he was promoting Chopper. And this guy asked him about glorifying a killer, mm. and he went completely offered him on air, and like walks off the set. And I'm like, oh, um, Eric Banner seems like a bit of a dick, <laughs> and I think he is. I think he's he's got that sort of thing about him. But like, I don't know. Probably, I think that's. I'm hoping that's not as bad now. He's come back and he's doing a lot of Australian films, and he's not a huge Hollywood star. You watched the drive. The drive was good. I haven't. I wanted to because Eric Banner's in it. Yeah. And there's a second one. Was not dry afterwards. Oh. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> nice segue into La Femme Nikita. <laughs> I remember this too. Like, it's like one of those like middling sort of um, shows. It was like, again, like, they made, maybe like uh, January is like, January 1997 is middling. It's like, it's not, it's yeah. not fancy, but it's not bad. It's just, it just is. It's not sexy, but it makes you think it is. <laughs> it's like me. And- and then 28 minutes later, you're just disappointed. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> 28 minutes. Yeah, well, that's, that's been good. Oh, jeez. Um, Did you watch that? I watched, like, the first few minutes of the, the pilot sort of thing. That's, that's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the source material it comes from, like, it's actually supposed to be quite serious, but this one got a bit... It's very networky. Um, I remember it being a thing. I reckon it was on Channel 10. I believe this was, like, sort of... 
this and NYPD Blue seems to ring bells of like playing next to each other sort of thing. So I think I, recall- I think the TV shows in the nineties and like what night was that night? It was like Tuesday yeah. night was like NYPD Blue and La Femme Nikita night or something. I recall this show. I was living in England at the time, and it was on Channel Five late at night on like a Friday or Saturday before like the blue stuff. <laughs> was that like the uh, the SBS of? Uh, in moments, it was SBS, but most of like it was SBS meets like Channel Forty Four. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, meets Channel Seven. <laughs> it was a weird channel. <laughs> yeah, it was real low budget. Like whatever they could get on the air, they just. I, whenever it. I look at the, the UK TV debuts, the Channel Five's always got like a very. It, it was like a fairly new channel, wasn't it? Like it was. It wasn't. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they didn't. I think it had Home and Away at one point. Right. And this amazing uh, American daytime soap called Sunset Beach. Oh yeah, another one. Uh, yeah. I was obsessed with that. It was so bad. Uh, so Eric Banner show, uh, we're not watching. I uh, don't think so. Like, I would. I think I've still got the DVD that I stole from the video store. Jesus. Um, um, I like the fact that he um, he just took all his characters from Full Frontal and like, I'm going to go make my own show. And it's like, I don't think people like that anymore, Eric. Yeah, I don't know if I do. Um, yeah, it's hard. I do love him. But also, I should say, the the Andrew Gaze thing was Poiter. Oh, well, so. yeah, yeah, come on, man. Peter, 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 Peter would um, use the word spazzy. Come on. Yeah. And he did, but he shouldn't. <laughs> I'll tell Peter that. Um, is it time to exit the river? Yeah. And set fire? Are we coming back to, we're going back to, we didn't start the fire? We yeah. are returning to, we didn't guess the name. Oh, I'm very, very happy. Yeah, I thought you might be. Yay! Uh, this, is the time, this is part of the show, if you've never um, listened to the podcast before, where uh, ben goes through all the guests that were on Late Night with Conan O'Brien because we're big Conan O'Brien fans here. Barring one because he can suck on some balls and no one's going to watch him do it. Mark Wahlberg? No. Okay. Although we'll skip him when he comes up. If he does. <laughs> um, uh, and, this, and he does this to the tune of now, once again, we didn't start the fire, uh, which Ben regularly forgets the melody to, but not today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see if I do River of Dreams instead. That'd be great. Uh, so let's um, let's get the timer started and hang on. Now I've got River of Dreams in my head. <laughs> yeah, is that River of Dreams? Can I do it while you do that? Nope. Can we tag team this? <laughs> Don't say that when I'm talking about Billy Joel. All right, three, two, one, go. Joel Goddard, Tracy Nelson, Jim Feller, Colin Quinn, Fountains of Wayne, Janine Gruffalo, Don King, Errol, Emerald, Legacy, Red Liotta, <laughs> David Blaine, Donna Hanover, John Cleese, James Carville, Alicia McIsaac, Maria Satome, Eugene Levy, Reverend Lord Heat, Don Rickles, Angie Gordon Leary, John Hendrick, Stephen Wright, Rebecca Roman, Junior Brown, Van Della Pat, Cooper, not applicable, Stephen Gutenberg, De- <laughs> Ted Alexander, <laughs> Rob Estes, and not applicable, Jonathan Silverman, Lever Burton, Donald Knack, Susan Summers, Richard Hall, Lucius Jackson, and Desmond Howard. Rich Francis, Jim Leather, not applicable, Rodney Dangerfield, Karen Mulder, Presidents of the United States, and that was January. 45 seconds. I want to know who the ones that you missed out. Uh, just Lewis um, Cuckold. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, is that what the CK stands for? Yes. He's, yeah, that's what Absolutely. he likes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he probably does like that. Um, 
Very well done. I'm, I'm glad to hear it back. <sighs> Thank you. Very happy. Yeah. Let's get on to music. In the ARIA charts, we had Wannabe by... Yeah. <laughs> the Spice Girls, not Civil Chair, <laughs> that I wrote there. For some yeah, reason. you did. Savage <laughs> Garden to the moon and back, and also Civil Chair with Freak. So that was... And if you are a big Civil Chair fan, we do have a special ranking and track-by-track track of Freak Show coming up after February, I believe. So Yes an eye out for that um tony braxton unbreak my heart was all of january in uh, america Man. so you'd be happy about that cried so many tears <laughs> now the music uh, uh this, that long? Uh, this is always death <laughs> <laughs> um daft punk homework our lady peace a clumsy reef glow Built to Spill, Perfect From Now On, Lasley Blaine, 11 Transistor, Pigeon Head, The Full Sentence, Mineral, The Power of Failing, and The Donners, Self-Titled. Donners was not on Spotify. No. Yeah. Do they not like it? It wasn't on, um, I believe it wasn't on Apple either. I think I had to go yeah. look, looking around for it. So, yeah. That's um, a shame. Look, uh, if you want a really good time, um, I mean, obviously our podcast is just fine. Um but I listened to a 60 songs that made the 90s um, about Daft Punk's Around the World. And it is great. It's a really, really good episode. Does it go for too long? Does it usually go for too long? Well, the song does. So, um, the song is actually the one of the. Um, apparently, apparently, the song is the. Um, it's like they did this. One of the one some some publication did a ranking and it's the song that repeats the title um, the most times in a song ever. Yeah, because the song is too long. But uh, I was always more um, uh, into this one, which was uh, the uh, music video film clip, whatever you want to say. Um, had a man walking around with a dog's head. It's got like a basset hound's head. And he had like ah. he has this, and he has this um, playing on a ghetto blaster, and he he can't get on the bus because they don't allow music on the bus, and like it's just him walking around, I believe, L.A. or New York, um, and it was, it was on all the time on V. It and sounds I, quite similar to one of their later songs, Robot Music. I think it's Robot Music. But yeah, this is Defunct by Daft Punk, um, and then obviously we have this one, which is their big one from this album. Look, I mean, I'm not into that music that well. Um, I also found from that episode that I listened to, um, I uh, apparently these sort of bands like Prodigy and um, Apollo 440 they hate it. They hate being called electronica because that's not what they call it. <laughs> I don't know what they call oh. it, but like, yeah. Look, I don't mind. Like, I I like um, like I liked Moby and stuff like that too. Like, it's like it, it was it was they were good yeah. songs. Um, but I'm not going to buy an album of it. I'll buy like I'll, I'll get into the singles and stuff like that. But um, the good um, ones. Apart from that, I mean, uh, Reef. I didn't really sort of like that much. Apart from that that one song, Lady Peace wasn't that, great. I didn't. I didn't mind Reef. Um, yeah. It feels and sounds a lot like Black Crows. Um, yeah, it's got that sort of bluesy uh, sort of thing to it. And while we're listening to it, Laura looks it up, and uh, they had the same producer. Oh, okay. Uh, Makes good um, sense. Build to Spill, and pretty good, I reckon. But oh, sorry, Build to on. Spill remind me um, a little bit 
modest, mousy, arcadey fire sort of. I think just... they were the comparable band in the '90s for that type of sort of thing. Like they were very niche sort of. Um, like yeah, they put out a lot of albums and like they weren't like widely loved, but I think cri- critically, like they were, they were like, everyone loved. Um, built to Spill, like a lot of bands are sort of compared to them these days are like oh they're like Built to Spill so, yeah. yeah I I could see myself listen to it more it's not something I'd seek out or like I'm not going to go create if they come and play I'm like oh, actually maybe I'd go but yeah they were the easiest to listen to and just have on and not be like this is boring or this is shit yeah I didn't mind Mineral that much Mineral the power of fans um, back to Reef though mm-hmm. uh Funny side note. So Laura did a deep dive on them for me Ooh. while we were driving around, which was nice. nice. Not a lot of great info about them. Um, I always get the singer confused with the guy from Free because it's the same letters. Um, okay. The guy from Reef did not sing for Queen. The guy from Free sang for Queen. Okay. Anyway, uh, I was in this little Pearl Jam group and someone started this thread of what's a band you always loved and thought would have and should have made it and they didn't and someone said reef and it occurred to me that there's many bands out there in the world like reef our lady peace um that there's going to be super fans that think that this should be the biggest band in the world and they should play stadiums yeah and we'll listen to and go put your hands on it's a pretty good song (laughs) i was i um i was in that kind of the other day too like the amount of times I go through, like, because um, this, this spoiler alert for, like, the rest of this year, like, there's, like, months where there's just so many releases, like, June in particular, and I'm, like, and I'm I'm purposely going, all right, well, probably not that one. I won't put that one on the list. I won't put that. And it's, like, the amount that I'm sort of keeping out, and they've, they've all put money into these records, and they're making them, and there's, like, you know, there's, like, 14 songs that they, they probably worked on for, for a year beforehand, and it's, like... Yeah. We're just like not going to get to them just because there's just so many, and it's and that they, they, they could be someone's favorite band. Yeah, and this is what they're waiting for. This has been their lives are building to this moment, and we're not going to cover it. <laughs> Look, if if we've done that, you can always email us at livingthepastpod at gmail dot com, and if you want us to deep dive on something, I'll do it just <laughs> for you. I won't even. Well, I won't be a dick and, and be a patron and ask for Patreon. I'll just I'll I will go deep dive on reef for you and make a complete episode if you if you ask me nicely we'll listen to the album twice we'll look at the wikipedia page and we'll talk about it for 38 minutes we will um i'm going to talk about pigeon head because straight away i knew that was sean smith's voice and i've always really liked his voice um this is basically a brad album to me uh it's a little bit long but oh you talk about someone's, someone's associated with brad and it's like a little bit long that doesn't sound right it, I, don't, I don't know if maybe I just had the album on loop. It seemed like it went on for a long time. Um, I don't feel like there's any huge standout songs. Like, I I couldn't name any. Uh, this is the first sentence. Just, oh, yeah. It just had a good feeling to it. I don't know. It's a little it. bit Porter's Head. It's a little bit Brad. We've got a break coming up, too. Oh, nice. Um, I'm right, it is long It's uh, one hour and six minutes Jeepers, Brad, come on That's not too long, that's fine <laughs> That's 10Ks um, What's your favourite album then? My favourite album is the full sentence by Pigeonhead With no A, apparently I don't, uh, I don't, that's, I don't know why there's no A in it Pigeonhead uh, I'm going to give my album to um, Built to Spill Oh, 
I did not see. Is that just because there's nothing else? Yep. Uh, the um, Donners, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's fine. Like, it's just a bit too... Oh, did you get to listen to it? I did through um, YouTube. And it was just like, oh. I don't know. Like, that sort of rock and roll, punk rock, Ramonesy type sort of thing. Like, I know that they, they're... Like, I think, like, the next album um, I quite like. But this one was just a bit... Um, I don't know. Everything sort of sounded a bit samey. Sorry, yeah. Donners fans. What's your song? My song is, is Defunk by... Uh, because that's Even the, though there's only like the chorusy bit is good? I don't care. I like okay. It. You want to guess what my song is? Uh, oh, right now. Oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, put Your Hands On by Reef because it is a banger song. Um, I think it still holds up. Mm, okay. I think it does. Tuttle's your opinion. What is your movie? I mean, regardless of what my movie is, I don't think it really means anything. Uh, I'm giving it... It's a Golden Globe. I'm giving it a Golden Globe here. It's pointless, but it's waiting for Guffman. Okay. My my indie heart tells me to go for Waiting for Guffman, but God damn, I like the relic so much. So I'm going to get... And you know what? Waiting for Guffman got its it's got its applause from people and, and, and probably got some awards. The Relic hasn't got enough, so the Relic gets my number one movie for January of nineteen ninety seven. I think the Relic got enough. Okay. Metro is very close, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh so that is January nineteen ninety seven, done and dusted. Uh please keep with us through this um because it's it's just getting better and better. Should we do um, a sneak peek of, of next month? Yeah, so if um I'm gonna give you guys some homework. Uh, so if, if you want to get into and like, yeah, we've got uh, a couple, a couple of weeks before next month comes around like the, um, February 1997. And I say to you, as I try and vamp while I look for the list, oh, there we go. I want you to watch, we've got, look, I'm not going to give you all the movies, but you've got the Dante's Peak. You've got Fool's Rush In. You've got Ooh. that darn cat. You've got Lost Highway. Donnie Brasco, Ooh. Hard Eight. I can tell you, I plan on watching Beautician and the Beast <laughs> because I used to be in love with Fran Drescher. And the um, Pest. Don't judge me. I don't know what the Pest is. I won't be watching that. John Leguizamo. Uh, maybe. Um, I have every intention of watching the film Touch because Dave Grohl did the soundtrack. He did. I just watched it the other day. I can't remember if it was any good or not. Hmm. I think I've seen it. Vegas Vacation 2. <laughs> I'm very torn on that because that was my favourite one. Okay. Um, in, the mu- in the music, we've got David Bowie, Earthling. We've got The Offspring, yeah. Stan the Hombre. We've got Freak Show by Steel Chair. Uh, we've got Bright in the Corners by Pavement. We've got Veruca Soul, Eight Arms to Hold You. Uh, and also Marcy Playground, their uh, self titled Live, one. Secret Samadhi. Don't yep. live. I'll try not to. <laughs> You won't let it's, me. It's, it's going to be a big month. This is not very February-esque. No, no. It's, it's definitely a departure from February. So we can't wait for that. Next week, we've got our Star Wars special where we go into just what the hell did he do to George Lucas do these re-releases. Um, and it's just fine because we love George here. Uh, get oh, in contact with us okay. at livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram too. Uh, and yeah, we will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carla Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlakagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlakagenvin at hotmail.com. 
Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later. Thank you.